Marcus Rosen. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and welcome to the Tesla Life number 200, our 200th episode. We made it. Wow, 200 episodes. That's like Woo-hoo. four years. That's insane. That's insane. So we, uh, we've we got uh, a different type of show uh, this evening. As you can see, we've got uh, more panelists with us. Our special guests uh, this evening, we've got uh, Darren uh, from uh, Tesla, I'm sorry, Drive Tesla Canada, the uh, website I'm sure you're all familiar with. How are you today, Darren? Doing great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on tonight. Thanks for coming. Darren joins us from the West Coast, uh, beautiful BC. Also with us, uh, this this man, you recognize this man. This is a uh, joins us from the uh, Tesla owners online, which of course is the old Model Three owners, the one that I'm familiar with. How are you today, Trevor? Joining I'm, us from the GTA. That's right. Yeah, GTA in Ontario, Kanukistan. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations on 200 episodes. I know how hard it is to get to 200. <laughs> Yes, you would. You would know. Yes, for sure. Thank you very much. Also joining us from New Jersey, special guest uh, Omar joins us from the, uh, I guess that's a garden state, isn't it, Omar? Sure is. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me hang out with you guys today on your most iconic 200th episode. Thank you so much. And of course, our two regular panelists, the uh, the hosts that uh, join us every week. We've got uh, Mr. Casey Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? Doing quite well. How's everybody today? <laughs> excellent, excellent. And last but not least, Mr. Patrick Connor joins us from the Portland area on the West Coast as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tesla Life, our epic milestone number 200 episode. Or CC if you're Roman. You guys didn't know us, but Roman, did you? Yeah. <laughs> and very appropriate for today's show, I am coming to you powered by my Tesla Powerwalls. Just uh, earlier this week, we switched from winter at the time of use to summertime of use. And so now we switched to uh, running on the Powerwalls a couple hours earlier. So that means this show is going to be all Tesla powered for me today. Yeah. And... Uh, I've called this our supercharger chat before, and today with our special guests, it really is going to be a nice uh, just chat with some Tesla friends. Good times. On with the show. Fantastic. You're not going to add the, I thought you were going to work in the- I'll uh, throw, I'll get it in there sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't forget. Don't forget. I'd be really disappointed if you missed it this week. Yeah. Well, what we're going to do today is a little bit different than our regular shows. Obviously, uh, uh, typically we go through the week's news and find out what's going on uh, in the world of Tesla, which it never stops. Uh, but uh, this week we're going to touch upon four different topics that uh, we've uh, selected and uh, kind of get everyone's views and a roundtable about uh, about what is going on and where we think uh, these these topics lead us. First topic tonight is... Battle of the Gigas, Giga Berlin versus Giga Texas. We want to talk a little bit about uh, the problems some of them have had. We want to talk a little bit about uh, the speed of uh, production of building these uh, facilities, about open dates, about delays, about when we think production is going to start up. And uh, who wants to kick us off uh, with this particular subject? I think it should be you and Patrick, since you guys have that bet. don't know patrick and i have a have a gentleman's bet about uh what's going to open first and uh i thought i was way in the lead betting on berlin uh but uh, recently uh, there's been a number of different developments that uh, it looks like uh, texas is catching up and uh one of the rumors already is uh, that we wanted to talk about this evening was uh, about a six-month delay and then a response from the uh berlin um uh, actually member of parliament that said there is no delay so we're getting the back and forth about what's going on in berlin and it's it's kind of been uh interesting uh, the shots fired back and forth tesla earlier uh, in the month had said uh, disappointment in the letter uh with permits uh not being able to get them in a speedy fashion and uh the the, the berlin government coming back with uh 
we will do better and uh, we, we are supplying permits as quickly as possible. But Tesla, of course, is changing plans in Berlin and that's what's making changes as a problem for the bureaucrats as they're trying to sign off on permits and other pieces of uh, information. So that's, that's where we're at with this. Uh, Patrick, what, what do you feel is happening? Uh, yeah, I think you summarized it quite uh, properly there that there is a lot of bureaucracy in Germany. <laughs> and uh, as we know from the uh, Brandenburg airport uh, being delayed for such an incredibly long time. And uh, it just seems like Texas is much more enthusiastic about having Tesla there. And I can understand there's a, a lot of people in Germany that, that are involved in the auto industry and uh, Tesla's competition in a lot of ways. So uh, they have friends in places, they are going to put up some roadblocks in any way they can to slow things down to protect their fiefdoms. So uh, uh, you were right, Mark, you had a huge head start. I, I was almost making a sucker's bet and it's coming out to be much more of a horse race. I, I thought I was making a losing bet for sure, but I, I, uh, it's, it's not, not such a bad bet after all. <laughs> I have a chance. <laughs> And of course, uh, Darren, with uh, with your publication, you're running these stories uh, constantly. Uh, what do you? What's your view of what's going on between the two builds? Yeah, I think um, Germany is a little more of a complicated story. There seems, especially in the last, even just the last couple of weeks, there seems to be a lot of negative stories coming out about Tesla in Germany, um, trying to seemingly trying to um, have an effect on the construction there. Um, whereas uh, you barely hear anything about Giga Texas, it's just going ahead with seemingly no issues at all. Um, so, with the way things have been going lately, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Texas open up sooner than than Berlin. Yeah, uh, and uh, Trevor, any any comments? I kind of agree with you guys. My observation has been that even though <clears throat> Berlin had what about a six month lead. Uh, from construction, I think from the construction aspect and, and, and facilities that they have, they're much further ahead. Um, but uh, the bureaucracy and the permits have been a constant source of irritation for Tesla. I think it could be also part of their own doing, though, because Tesla, as we know, likes to change things and, <laughs> you know, change the rules as they go a lot, a lot of the times. Um, and I'm sure that irritates, you know, some of the people in Germany. Um, but it seems to be very much a permit situation. If they had the permits, I'm sure uh, Tesla would be able to start production in the summertime, but who knows what's happening. Now, uh, quite honestly, there was a time when I was following um, the Berlin factory, you know, with the the Wolfpack guys and stuff that are flying their drones and stuff. But uh, my heart is more in the Texas, like the, the <laughs> Cybertruck factory, all things considered. That, that's where my heart lies. That's that's I think that's much more exciting. And I watch that like a hawk. And the progress that they're making there is astounding how fast that they're building things down there. And you're absolutely right. I think in Texas, in a lot of ways, very much like China. It's a very much a can-do attitude. Let's get it done. Um, I think ultimately this, the, the factory in, in Texas, in Austin, is it's much more important um, to Tesla um, than I think the Berlin factory and not, not to, not to denigrate the, the Berlin factory or anything like that. It's just, there's so much more products that are going to be coming out of the Cybertruck factory than, than the Berlin one is. Um, so I think if Tesla was to choose one of the babies right now to focus on, I think, you know, the, the one Austin would be the one, um, you know, to happen and, you know, let the permits lay where they, where, where they may, uh, when the, when the time comes. So. It's, a, it's still a horse race, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it seems that there is this bit of friction with Berlin, and there has been for a while. There seems to be between Tesla and Berlin. And is it because of, as you mentioned, Tesla does a lot of changes on the fly, um, and uh, they've been able to get away with it uh, in previous builds because uh, you know China certainly wanted them there, and they wanted them there quickly. Um, is there some of that going on that uh, Berlin's going, listen, you wrote this down on the paper, we're going by this, and now you're saying you're going to change it? You're going to slow down the machine, uh, the paperwork machine. Uh, and, you said uh, blue paint. What is this white paint? Texas, 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and maybe that much of a change, but but out of the gate, I think um, I think it was reported many times that Tesla was building ahead of the permits, anyways. That's true. They that's were risky, out yeah. in front of those permits. <laughs> Very risky, and, and that's it, and Tesla. they were even under the. Yeah, like they were that was a huge risk for them. that if it wasn't built correctly, they were going to have to tear it down uh, based on being ahead of the permits. So, uh, and that would have set them back a, a lot. Something that, yeah, absolutely. The the Berlin factory has been mired in all kinds of problems right from the beginning. You know, the the, the controversy over pulling down the trees, which was a paper mill forest, anyways. You know, from the the you know snake gate, uh, the I mean, bats and the boars, right? you know, all of, all of that stuff, right? Exactly. Right. So it's it's and and you know, I'm not one for conspiracy theories or anything like that, but you know, when it comes to Germany, and you know, you got three large German automakers. Sometimes you got to follow the money. There's probably some meddling going on in in the back rooms for some of this stuff. I mean, it happens. Doesn't make it right or wrong. It just it just happens. So. Uh, yeah, who knows? But yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, the Berlin factory has been very problematic from for, for Tesla right from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, shout out if to I had Anders. To, if I had to... you guys kit. Huh? What was that? Go ahead, Omar. Oh, okay. I, I was just gonna say if if I had to guess or make a prediction, I'd say that they're both probably gonna be doing starting production roughly the same time, mm-hmm. even though Berlin had a, a you know a huge head start and it's actually further along in the in the manufacturing. You know, construction process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Anders, uh, first in chat. And I'm going to say that I think that uh, I'm, I'm going to maintain that uh, that Giga Shanghai uh, 3.0 is going to lap them both. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. I, I also say should. That and nobody argues with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. When it comes to Shanghai, they don't they don't pull any punches over there. Yeah. I, I think it also. <laughs> not to hijack the conversation or anything, but I think it's also important to set people's expectations. If you think that you're getting a Cybertruck at the end of this year, I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> if, you if you think you're getting a Cybertruck at the end of the year, you're one of them six people who's going to be on stage with Elon at the party. If, exactly. if it even makes it this year. <laughs> yeah. I think that we're, what we're going to see is very much similar to, you know, early model three deliveries in 2017. Like here's your token first 50, you know, right? uh, but we got a lot of problems that we got to sort out. Um, yeah. I mean, I was thinking for, model X size, like the six. <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of talk about the building processes of the Cybertruck, and personally, I don't think that the Cybertruck is going to be that difficult to manufacture. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think that the vehicle is only a stress skin, uh, that's not the way a car is actually built. They, there are many components mm-hmm. to this vehicle. The stress skin is just one of those things. Um, as long as they get the proper brakes in place and they can bend the pieces, I don't see that being an issue. Um, provided they don't do anything really crazy as too many robots like Model 3, I think they can ramp up fairly quickly, much like they did with Model Y. Um, but it remains to be seen. Like I've been watching the Gigafactory uh, being built and they're just starting to assemble the, the second uh, 6,000 ton Gigapress. Uh, and that's for Model Y, right? Because they're going to be building... Um, yep. You know, the rear casting and then ostensibly you can assume that it'll be the front casting, much like what they're going to do in Berlin. Um, you, you need two machines minimum because if one of them breaks down, well, you've got another one as a spare or basically you do two, two castings simultaneously so you can pump out a lot of cars. Uh, the Cybertruck is going to be using the new 8,000 ton presses and they're nowhere to be seen. So uh, they're not even starting at this point. They're just barely laying concrete on the other side where those presses are going to go. So they got yeah. a long ways to go. I mean, they keep telling us Model Y is going to be there. And of course, Elon, the best Elon's interactions that we've seen recently uh, have all been putting the brakes on the Cybertruck. Like they've all been, they've all been stepping back expectations. <laughs> He's been sandbagging it for sure. Saying, uh, you know, if we're if we're lucky, uh, <laughs> we'll see some, and then it's uh, you know a little bit uh, worse statement the next time. So he's certainly been stepping it back. So. So they know they know that they're not going to have the ability to make these things this year. That's just in any sort of volume. Like like Casey said, you might get I'm, six of them or fifty of them, but it's going to be limited. Part, part of I'm, a, I'm agreeing with Casey. I think there's just going to be a handful of of prototypes that they're going to roll out on the stage and say, "Oh yeah, we made delivery." Here's you know the first five or whatever, and. I, 
And of course, those fives were, those five were made in Fremont. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And the, the, exactly. Pilot thing, line, yeah. the other thing to look at is that uh, the Cybertruck is going to need, especially if they do the tri-motor or the dual motor first, you're going to need 200 kilowatt hour battery versus a 75 to 82 kilowatt hour battery on the Model Y. So, I mean, if you're battery constrained and Model Y is going to be your bestseller, why not crank out more Model Ys since you get that factory uh, with a roof over that section of, of the line? That's a pretty good segue into the battery thing we were going to talk about, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of batteries. It was like it was designed or something. Wait, wait to go. So our next topic is about the 4680 and the, and the problems and, and tribulations of putting a new battery together uh, after battery day, of course, it being announced. And uh, there are there's a, a new thing that opened up just recently when Elon was speaking on the last uh, quarter earnings call. Uh, he kind of surprised some people by indicating that that particular battery is not where they want it to be at this point, and uh, it's going to be a little bit longer uh, before they're ready to start putting it in cars. And then he also went on to indicate somewhere between 12 and 18 months to volume production. So yes, they've got the Cato Road plant uh, that is a pilot project. They're producing uh, these uh, 4680s, but at this point, none of those have been going into cars. And, and as you know from watching the show, uh, Patrick and Casey and myself have been talking about where have they been putting these batteries? You know, our <laughs> yeah. thought was they were, you know, at least they may not be volume production, but they would be getting some out of it that way they would be happy with. But uh, Elon had indicated that no, really they have not. And that's uh, that was kind of surprising. So where do we think this uh, 4680 is going with, of course, the build of the Model Y is going to become imminent shortly for both Texas and uh, Berlin. What is going to happen there? Uh, are we going to have batteries shipped? Are we going to have uh, a new battery plant? built in in um, Berlin. Uh, there's supposed to be one in Texas with the Texas plant, but uh, it looks like these plants are going to be opening. They're not going to have a great volume of 4680s. So what do we no, think the, about that? The solution is outsourcing. I mean, they've been very, very vocal about the fact, well, I mean, since battery day, because everybody's assuming battery day is like Tesla's the only manufacturers who make this sell. Um, Tesla has been hedging their bets. Uh, you know, they've talked to LG and they've talked to Samsung, I'm sure. They're going to be buying cells, 4680 cells, to their specification from other suppliers. It's a, it's a false assumption to think that Tesla is going to be, can do everything themselves, right? All you have to do is look at Shanghai. They use the cattle batteries over there, the lithium phosphates. Yeah. I mean, they're not married to themselves or Panasonic. So I think batteries are, the, are, are the, going to be the biggest, um, biggest thing that, that's going to be the hardest constraint as far as, as, as production-wise goes, as far as the, the volume of production that they want to build. So, of course, they're going to buy as many batteries as they can, as as well as build as many batteries as they can, and they're going to use them all up. And I think the 4680s that they've been building so far, as Elon stated on, on, on the earnings call, he said that he didn't think they were uh, ready for vehicles. So I think that those cells probably been going into power walls since he doesn't think they're good enough for vehicles, but he thinks probably that they're good enough to, to utilize in some fashion. And, and he stated before that you, you, you don't, don't you, you don't need the same quality for, 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 a, a you know, house okay. use as you do yeah. for a, a vehicle. Well, for sure. They've been putting them in some prototypes, just not production cars. Yeah. And we've seen the semi truck recently. I'm sure they're running some plaid cars around with it. SX, uh, Roadster, who knows? Um, but those batteries are not going to waste. They're not just being shelved. I mean, they got to use them. Yeah, and we saw we saw with um, Shanghai that they launched oh, it without, wouldn't without you the, think they would. They they launched Shanghai without the battery factories. Like so so they were buying them from as as Trev mentioned. We we got them from Cattle. We got them from LG. Probably some Panasonics as well. And LG has publicly stated that they're building 4680s. Who else on the planet is using a 4680 can? So <laughs> they're not going to be completely free of batteries. Well, remember, 4680, 4680 by definition is a form factor. Tesla's special sauce is, you know, the tablet format, the electrolytes, that kind of stuff. So there's nothing wrong with Tesla going to uh, a contract and saying, build these to our specification. It's RIP, mm -hmm. but 
you know, can you guys build this for us? I mean, it's just like, uh, it's just like Apple. Apple doesn't build their own chips. They design them, but they get all kinds of manufacturers to make them to their specifications, even though it's their intellectual property. So I don't see how Tesla is any different when it comes to, to battery cell. I mean, it's nice yeah. to see that they're vertically integrated and they can, they're, you know, they're making their own battery cells, but it doesn't mean that they're married to it forever. I wonder if the people they're contracting with are going to do tablets as well. Because a lot of the benefits seem to come from that, from the, the way you did it. Oh, you can bet it'll be copied. Yeah. It, How much is Tesla going to enforce the patents? Have they patented mm -hmm. it? Probably. <laughs> but but well, you don't, if, even, you don't need to go... You don't need to go tabless or or forty six eighties to do the structural packs. Uh, you can put twenty twenty one sixties in there, seal them up, and then ship pallets of of uh, bottoms of cars out to both factories. Mm -hmm. It could, but I, I believe that if they're going to put forty six eighties in a car, I think it's going to be Tesla just Tesla's design. It's going to be their their type of batteries. I would I would have to believe that because they're not going to enjoy all the you know the economics. Basically, but on top of that, the power density, the uh, the ability to discharge, uh, the amount uh, they need to, isn't that but, all but, part of the Tesla secret sauce that they built I, a battery around? I, the Model I kind Y of was agree. in the middle of the chart. Yeah, I kind of agree with Casey was saying that the Model Y, even though it might have a structural battery pack, there's nothing that says it has to be a 4680 in there. The 4680 and its advantage advantages. Uh, come from the density, requ uh, density required for things like the Roadster, like the Plaid Cybertruck, like the Plaid Model S, like the Roadster. Uh, there's nothing that says we have to put it in a Model Y so we get 600 miles out of the thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them taking, okay, let's put, for, you know, the 2170s that we've been using in that car and nobody's a wiser, right? Yeah, okay, fine. It has, a, you know, structural battery pack and two mega castings. But other than that, I mean, there's, it doesn't mean that you know, the performance of the vehicle has to be improved by any matter. Right. And if Tesla defines the specifications and say LG can meet it without doing it with uh, doing it their own way, there's, there's a lot of ways to solve particular problems. Then, um, you know, it doesn't have to be tablets or whatever, as long as it can get the job done. And if they're not doing anything new, then there's a lot less surprises. If all they're doing is making it bigger, putting a longer jelly roll in there, then, then that's something they already know how to do millions of times a day. Darren, what are, what are you hearing uh, with your publication? You get a lot of news stories that come your way from a number of different writers that uh, have talked about this uh, issue. What what are you hearing? Um, much much of what you guys have been saying. Um, the um, the idea that uh, Berlin might open um, and not have forty six eighties ready to go at, at that time, and then they would just um, either use twenty one seventies. Uh, from other suppliers, and then eventually shift to the 4680. Um, with so maybe a delay for Berlin might be advantageous that way. That um, they would have been by the time uh, they do get open, that 4680 is going to be ready to roll. Um, yeah, I think, I think that the first time we see the full stack uh, Tesla battery, whether it's built by Tesla or anybody else with the tablets their formula, the 4680, the structural pack, will probably be on the Plaid Plus or on the Cybertruck tri-motor because it's going to be a low-volume vehicle for them to work out any kinks, get their supply built up. It makes the most logistical sense. Yeah, I, I fully yeah, agree with so you on that, Casey. Uh, it's interesting that, uh, that these... I was just kind of taken back that when Elon had said they're not at the point they thought they would be with uh, not ready to put them in cars. Now, like I understand that they're probably not ready to do it in volume, that they're still working out the kinks of the manufacturing and getting it fast enough. That actually, they've got a number of new things that are happening, the, the less drying, the different materials, the, uh, the tabless format, all these things combined to make a production build of the 4680 challenging. And uh, it, it, it is going to take for them to get that in place. I'm just kind of surprised that they, they aren't happy with what they can even get off the line in a slow fashion. Uh, maybe that's because they're trying to push it faster and faster, and the stuff that's coming off is a little bit subpar based on what they had the specifications to be. Uh, that was uh, kind of something here. 
I just hope that they're not coming off the end of the line into the recycler to get rebuilt again. Uh, hopefully, like Omar said, stationary storage or, or prototyping or some kind of something useful out of it. Well, if you think about it, if even if the cars... Although, you would... Go ahead, Mark. Although, if they are coming off the, the production line and can't be used, I hope there is a way to recycle them. I, you know, because really, for all batteries, that's what we're going to require, uh, is that uh, the battery uh, innards can be reused again and just uh, put into new batteries to try it out again. Because, that, you know, we have to be sustainable with these, and that's, that's ultimately what's going to have to happen. Well, you, Prime and JB's factory. I was just about to say, right? <laughs> maybe, they're using it to, to, maybe they're using it to test their, their, their recycling uh, techniques. <laughs> Send them to JB. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you think about it, even if the cars were delayed six months, mm-hmm. it's no big deal. I mean, Model yeah. Y and Model 3 are floating the boat right now. I mean, look at Model S and Model X. How long has it been now? And they're still not delivering those cars. And they're still making money and they're still <laughs> profitable. So it's not like they need... They don't need. They don't necessarily need to have these cars right yet. So you know, yeah. if it's six months, I mean, we've seen six months delays. I mean, Model X was was delayed at least six months because of the Falcon wing door problem, the engineering yeah. on that. So it, yeah. you know, delays happen. Uh, Rivian, yeah, it, same thing, yeah. right? Six months delayed. Yeah, Elon did say they were gravy. I mean, like and they proved it. Like we haven't had a, like you said, new Model S and X in, in five months, and biggest profit in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that kind of leads us to our next uh, story, and uh, that topic or story is about the Model Next, as Patrick has named it. Uh-huh. And uh, we've got a, a $25,000 vehicle that, uh, by my count, we're about two and a half years away based on when it was introduced at Battery Day, um, maybe a little bit uh, less. Uh, he said it was about three years from Battery Day. So... Uh, We've got, again, a number of rumors and information here about what the Model Next actually is. We've got the Chinese plant uh, with an R&D center that uh, is supposed to be designing uh, a car that we believe is a world car that uh, they will sell in China and elsewhere. We've heard about uh, Giga Berlin having their own uh, design center and about some sort of a smaller hatchbacky type vehicle. Uh, that uh, could be this model next as well. Um, and uh, we haven't heard anything about uh, Giga Texas uh, as this as this uh, rolls in, but uh, from at least those two other plants, we've got two possible cars. And Elon was asked a few times to, I guess, uh, explain where he thought it was coming. And, and it seems that there's two different cars. It's not going to be one made at both plants, it's going to be a different one made at each plant. Um, Whether or not both of them will be made available to North American customers is a question we don't know the answer to. Uh, But, uh, you know, at least one of them most likely will be coming to North America. We don't know which one. And uh, when is it going to be unveiled? Are we going to get some sort of uh, an unveiling maybe later this year? Is there an event coming to, to tell to let people know the car maybe two a little bit more than two years away. So uh, what are you guys thinking about that? Patrick, any, you, you named it. What do you think is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So about the name, uh, there were some people calling it the Model 2, and I did not like that name. Uh, we can, and, uh, and, and we know that it's not going to be a model anything. It's going to be some unknown, oh, yeah. <laughs> unannounced name. And um, unfortunately, like, <laughs> with, with the original Roadster, it, its code name was Dark Star. The Model S was White Star. The Model mm-hmm. 3 was Blue, Blue Star. Star. We had code names, so we could talk about them before they came out. And uh, the $25,000 vehicle doesn't have a cool code name. And uh, yeah, Model 2 just didn't do it for me. So, uh, yeah, what, what, Tesla what? sounds bad too. Pro- Project yeah, Bobcat? Yeah. Maybe it's Project Bobcat. Who knows? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he just doesn't name it after his son because nobody can pronounce that. <laughs> well, we know it'll definitely not be model something because they're certainly done with the whole model moniker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Elon has said this much. So. Yeah. Yeah. No more model. Yeah. It's not a model two. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's the placeholder name we have is model next until we have a better name. 
Uh, yeah. I like the idea of, um, so if the design center in China is the one designing it, my assumption is they're going to build it there first so that the designers can be there, see the first ones roll off the line, uh, make changes to improve the design for manufacture, because it's not just about making it look cool, it's making it so that you can make it. Uh, make it so that it can be affordably built, reliably built, high quality, uh, quick. And um, as we know, Tesla iterates. And so there's going to be several iterations, I think, before they even start production. They will do some prototypes, alphas, betas, and uh, and uh, learn from those things. And we we see that with uh, Starship, right? I mean, how many, how many other companies says, well, let's just make one and uh, pressurize it until it explodes. Okay, now let's try another <laughs> one and just throw it up in the air and see how it goes. You know, I mean, <laughs> they, 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 they learn by doing and, and not just trying it on paper over and over, but trying it in the real world. And that's that's part of Wright's Law is learn by doing. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And those are the ones we see after the computer crashes. I mean, who knows how many of those they blow up before they right. blow up a real yes. one. <laughs> Yes, yes, many simulated destructions. <laughs> you guys find it curious that Tesla seems to introduce iterations of the Model 3 and the Model Y in China first? I mean, all the interior updates have all happened there before they made it to Fremont. Yeah. Yeah. They can and probably I, manufacture things cheaper over there, so they're, they're probably testing it, the new the new things over there first. You know, if it doesn't work out and they have to switch back or whatever, it's probably just more economical for them to do it there. Well, plus that's their, their the factory built to their specifications rather than one they kind of shoehorned in. So they might have they might have set this thing up for better flexibility than, than they did with Fremont. And they're asking yeah. all the employees to uh, remove parts, remove processes, make things better. And uh, if if that's the place where that idea came from, they might pilot it there and then roll it out. To... So yeah. it could just be that right now China's coming up with a lot of cool ideas. That is cool. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Could be. I'm, I'm curious. I find it interesting the... that there is this there is this thought that there is going to be two of these different cars. Right. Like that's it, the... is, yeah. is is Europe and China that much different that they either one wouldn't accept the other car that they have to make two of them that are roughly the well, same? Well, it, it's funny you mentioned that because think of it this way: is look at Volkswagen with the ID three and the ID four. I mean, the ID three they're not bringing to North America. Because Americans don't like hatchbacks, although they sell crazy in Canada, like the Volkswagen Golf is their best seller here, and it's a hatchback. Yeah. Um, so there is something to be said for making cars for certain markets. Um, you know, it's easy for us to look. I mean, look at the Europeans. Like most of them are like, oh, I don't know if I can get a Cybertruck. The roads are too small over here for something that big. Yeah. So, you know, it's we're getting to the point where Tesla can probably differentiate some of their vehicles based on markets that they're going to go into. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to do something like that with a cheaper car. Remains to be seen, but I I don't think it's not impossible to you know to to, to dis discount it to say that uh, well it's Tesla they make cars for the whole world. You know I don't think that that's going to be necessarily the same case for all, forever. Yeah, and look at look at everybody else's Chinese domestic market cars. They are. Uh, special and 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 they might not be accepted outside of China, but the market is so large that you'd be uh, be making a very foolish decision to not not cater at least one one product to them, uh, even if it is something that you can't sell elsewhere. There's enough of them to buy it. They send them all to Norway, <laughs> and there's <laughs> and there's different regulations in different markets as well. So mm. you know you might be able to get away with cutting the corner or doing something else. In, in China that you can't do somewhere else. Not that Tesla has been known to cut those type of corners because they're, you know, their number one thing is always the car is built around safety and stuff mm -hmm. like that, which is where other manufacturers have been known to cut corners. Safety like, first, then EV, then cool. <laughs> we've been seeing lately that uh, Tesla Shanghai has been shipping those Model 3s to other European countries. So obviously the build quality is, you know, things that can be accepted in both Europe and China. So it's good to see that, that those car, I would imagine those cars are built in China for Chinese and for the ones that are going to Europe, they're the same cars. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't think that Tesla has two different build lines mm -hmm. that has a Chinese car as opposed to a European or export car. There will uh, be subtle differences the in the software and, you know, but nothing that you can really put your finger on, I don't think. 
Yeah. And, right. Tesla, and I'm sure that I'm sure the Chinese writing sticker on the Model Three gets taken off and another one put on when it goes to Europe. Yeah. Right. Wow. It and you know China is the biggest market, so I mean it, Ooh, it yeah. does make sense that they would be building eventually. You know the the Chinese cars in China just strictly for China. You know, and then the the Giga Berlin would be putting out the, all the cars for Europe. I mean, it, yeah, I'm curious. That makes well, a lot of sense. There's two reasons for that, right? One of them is logistics because you know <laughs> you can't make everything in one factory and ship it all over the world. That logistically doesn't make sense because it's because especially with Tesla and the way that they recognize revenue on the cars, right? Other car manufacturers couldn't give a crap because it goes to the dealer to sit on a lot. And as far as they're concerned, it's sold, right? But yeah. Tesla has to recognize that revenue. So they want to make sure that they build the cars for the furthest markets at the beginning of a quarter, ship them on the on the boats so they can recognize that revenue. The second one has to do with import taxes and duties. Europe imposes some pretty, I mean, Norway, for example. The reason EVs sell so well in Norway is because gas cars are taxed to the hilt. So... You know, there's markets over there that has some pretty heavy import duties for foreign-made cars. Just like the Model 3. I mean, before the Model 3, especially in Canada, for example, even though Model S was about 51% or 50%, um, you know, there's still import duties and stuff. But we don't necessarily suffer that from the Model 3 because it's 75% North American parts. Um, so, you know, it makes sense for Tesla to have multiple manufacturing all over the world to be able to, to handle these markets to get you know, the cost and so they can be more profitable, right? Because they don't want book, you know, cars sitting on the books forever, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm curious how, how, and, how uh, long... Go ahead, Casey. I'm curious how long China will be uh, exporting to Europe and, and, and not just their own uh, half of the globe, like uh, China and, and surrounding countries, as well as uh, Australia and, and, and the, the South uh, Southwest. I so find these... it curious that they're shipping out of Shanghai to go to Europe because that's even further. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Fremont. But there's the less oceans to worry about. <laughs> Maybe they just have the excess inventory. The reason for that is, is, is just manufacturing prowess. The amount mm. of cars they can push out of Shanghai is a tremendous amount. Like it's 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 phenomenal. I, they're nowhere near, I believe, what they could actually max out at. And if they do max out and continue to max out, I have a feeling they'll just prop up another line and start yeah. building more of them. It just Shanghai seems that, that, that <laughs> Shanghai is is almost completely robotic in, in the amount that they can pump out. Has anyone truly figured out what Phase Three is going on at Shanghai is for? Probably Model Y. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking second line for Model Y. <laughs> What's that, Darren? I was just saying I don't think anyone's actually uh, been able to nail it down what what exactly is going to go in there. Yeah. It would make sense to be a Model yes. Y Part Two, though. Right. Um, well, Elon did say the Model Y is going to be the best-selling car in the world. Omar so. and I are on the same wavelength. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen more Model Ys around here than I've ever seen the Model 3s lately. Yeah, same. Yeah, so, and of course, if we, if and when we get down to that $25,000 Model Next, what kind of dent in the market is that going to make? Oh, it's game over. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of first-time Tesla owners. What we saw with, with the Model 3, what is going to happen with a car that retails at 25K US uh, base? Well, the old uh, Tesla the stretch thing is a day well. Of, well, yeah. Don't forget, I mean, the whole Tesla stretch thing, that's out the window. I mean, you'd be crazy. I mean, you, you know, I mean at, at $25,000, you got to think about it this way. Tesla is at cost parity with a gasoline car as far as the drivetrain is concerned. This, you know, this fabled $100 per kilowatt hour uh, has actually been reached at that point. Um, anybody who actually wants to sit down and actually do the math of total cost of ownership, you would be insane, insane to buy a gas car at that price. It's almost because at that point it, now. With the, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting close with an SR Plus, but even at $25,000, it's game over. It's yeah. absolutely game over. Oh, that's a huge game changer. Like we're seeing in Norway, I mean, literally, you know, nobody wants to be the bag holder on on a on a gas car. Like when it comes time to sell your used car, you better sell it in mainland Europe. Otherwise, that nobody wants to be that last person with that gas car that you can't get rid of. Well, the and thing so is, imagine that, that with just cost. Yeah, <laughs> we're all owners. We understand the metrics of this thing. I mean, you know, the average yeah. person when they go buy a car, the mentality is, and we've all been there because we bought gas cars in the past. 
is how much is this thing going to take me? How much is this thing going to cost me to drive it off the lot today? You don't think about maintenance. You don't think about fuel because those are kind of known things and they're over there. We all know with an an EV, you got to do a little bit more math. But at $25,000, that math doesn't apply anymore. You just don't even have to worry about it anymore. It's like, am I going to buy a car at $25,000 that does all these things that costs me and forget about maintenance, but this much, like a tenth of the cost to run in fuel? Or am I going to buy a Civic and this Tesla does all these things and it's got software updates and it's cool and it's got FSD and I mean, it's game over. That's it. Yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be a lot of first time Tesla owners. Well, <laughs> a lot of first time EV owners. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> Facebook's going to be flooded. <laughs> How do I do this? How do I do that? I'm like, yes, oh, here we go again. Yes. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a whole oh, new can of worms at that point oh, for sure. It was, oh, yeah. Really it's still very bad during the Model 3 days. In what some ways, I wish for the older days where people were more educated. Oh, my God. It's wintertime. What is this yellow squiggle? <laughs> <laughs> right. Stop. Exactly. Came up what are those little gray dots for? Why, why am I only getting 200 miles now? Oh, boy. How many, how many times did you get that question where someone says, winter just starts, and all of a sudden my car's broken? Uh oh! Did we lose everybody? We, we had we had a glitch. Yeah. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> We're all back. The <laughs> there he is. Okay. Move around the board. <laughs> it's Hollywood. Play a musical square. Musical chairs. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, that's that's certainly going to be uh, something that uh, is going to open up a whole new can of worms for sure. <laughs> and that leads us to our final story of the evening or topic, and that of course uh, was already mentioned by Trevor FSD beta. Yes. Uh, FSD <laughs> itself is wow. now of course in beta release. It's with an expanded group of uh, beta testers, ones that have been handpicked by Tesla to uh, to use the beta software. Uh, they've basically doubled the amount of people they originally had on it. And uh, Elon came up with, and, and what, what a crazy response he put out on Twitter. If anyone wants, uh, you know, uh, FSD, just let us know. Because, of yeah, course, right. it just flooded the airways. I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure Tesla employees were just flipping out, going, what is he doing? Because, uh. of course... Elon strikes again. Well, they didn't even know. They're just like, why are all these people calling me? Because no, he doesn't check with anybody first. It's, it's, no. No, it's, and they don't read his Twitter. Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> Elon but is anyways, insane. As, so, of course, this has been delayed. It's been delayed. We're now at, uh, what, version 8? Are we at the, uh, the 8.3. 8.2, 8.3. Yeah. He, he tells us that when they get to 9, they're going to allow a button to appear on the screen and anyone who wants it can just press the button, sign the agreement and move on with it. Nope. So uh, <laughs> this has been a delay for a number of, of, of weeks. So where's that button? Everybody's looking for it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It, it's like, how, many, how many people have said, where can I find the button? Like it's, yeah, it's like the button is there. It's just hidden. But when it comes to FS. <laughs> You listen, when it comes to FSD, I wish Elon would just keep his mouth shut. Just like, <laughs> stop. Just stop. So has anyone in the expanded group actually received the bits yet, or are they just in the group? <laughs> they are... How can I put this? NDA? <laughs> well, the, the people that have been blessed with social media abilities to talk about it have not received it yet. The last wow. I heard is that they're about a day or two away from possibly getting version nine. Um, they are testing version nine in private. Um, but that's all I know at this point, by the way, FSD is being tested in Canada. It's just employees only. Ah, okay. Now, I still, I still wish that it is... had been like he said with the safest drivers rather than this weird popularity contest. It became when uh, they started to expand it out piece by piece by piece to these other extra listen, people. Listen, the thing that we've seen consistently with FSD, uh, with these TikTokers and all these idiots out there who mm-hmm. are going to abuse the system yeah. is, you know, you guys got to stop this stuff. Otherwise, they're going to take our toys away. Mm-hmm. And this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, is that, you know, if you think the FUD 
you know, the fear, uncertainty, doubt has been very bad over the last, you know, few days or weeks, whatever, where all these crazy stories were coming out mm-hmm. um, over, you know, a car crash where FSD or autopilot was not even involved, even though the media came to that conclusion. I mean, you know how far that went. Yeah. Listen, the moment a car crashes and we know that it was on FSD, it's going to be pandemonium in the media. Tesla needs to be super, super, super diligent, careful. This thing has got to be almost bulletproof before they release it, especially to an expanded group, because you just know that somebody's going to do something stupid and they're going to abuse it. And it's, I'm sorry, in a lot of ways, I, I just really think that they should just like cool your jets, work on it, maybe take another year if you have to, get it right, and then start a phase in approach because. I don't know. The way I look at it is that um, the media is just going to have a field day with this, and it's and it's and it's going to be really, really bad. I mean, if you think it's bad now, you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, and there, yeah, there will be a crash on FSD because the it's the physics, oh. the, the the physics state that there's going to be a crash. And then I, I mean, we've already we've already seen it in regular autopilot crashes. We've seen it in autopilot. Uh, that was AP one. We've seen it with a, uh, FSD AP two two point five. Uh, summon, smart summon. We've seen it's, it's just physics. The cars will. It's crash. inevitable. There's going to yeah. be crashes, you know. Um, and the thing is, it's going to be is it is it going to be probably safer than a human driver and less crashes per mile and all that stuff. Sure, you can argue all those statistics all day long, and all right. of that stuff can be absolutely true. However, when there is a crash, like you guys are saying, the media is going to be in a frenzy. Right. And, and exactly like Trevor's saying, uh, would you rather the crash be, oh, it, it slid off the end of a driveway in the snow, or it killed a family of six? <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess no matter what. But it'd rather be something small. Well, here's here's the thing. Uh, Trevor has mentioned that uh, he'd like people to be responsible with it. Yes. <laughs> we can't stop them. We, we can't even get people to get vaccinated for crying out loud. You cannot give. A package to a hundred people and not have one idiot in that group of a hundred people, let alone a thousand, let alone ten thousand. Well, we saw that with the initial thousand. We saw that with the like initial rollout. They had to remove it from it, some people. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. right. Like it's going to have to be really close to perfect because there are going to be that group of idiots that used it in the wrong way, and yeah. we can't stop them. And you can't it's gonna happen. out. Uh, you're going to find out the hard way after a crash that this guy was attempting to sleep in the back as his mother was filming. Like, that's exactly what's going to happen. No matter how much we know that it's going to hurt the community, it, they could have to roll things back. It's going to hurt Tesla in the eyes of the regulators, of the ones that haven't approved them yet. All this stuff is going to slow down the train dramatically. But yet we know what's coming. I yeah. think, yeah, what... I mean, we saw we saw with uh, Smart Summon and we saw with um, Dino Mode. Dino Mode wasn't even a released feature. We saw so many people doing the most idiotic things with them both and luckily part none of them us, made the news Go part ahead. of us i think could be mitigated if tesla really steps up their efforts with driver monitoring we know that they are testing it in shadow mode i mean green has proven it yeah um you know i don't think that the nag screen and the fact that you can unbuckle your seatbelt and all these little shenanigans everybody had to go over their heads to try and prove you know with consumer reports being stupid yeah um it Tesla really has to implement this driver monitoring and be very strict about it. I mean, no fooling around. You you do anything stupid, and then you're in jail. Uh, that's the only way that 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 they they can actually come back and say, you know what? Uh, yeah, okay, it was a crash and it involved FSD and stuff, but the driver monitoring did this and this. The My fact family? that 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 Elon doesn't like to talk about driver monitoring too much, I don't think is is wise. I think they yeah. really need to to step it up. My only fear with that is uh, with cars like mine. I don't have an interior camera. Well, I do, but Tesla can't use it. And um, because I have a Model X, so it's just one equipped with it. Yeah. But my car constantly tells me to keep my hands on the wheel when, when I am. Like, like I've got pressure and everything, and it's like I have to jiggle it before it knows I'm there. Whereas my Model S never, well, not never, but uh, not even 1% of the amount of times this car tells me, hey, are you there? Uh, did my Model S have a problem detecting me? I don't know if it's. I will. I will gladly accept the use of driver monitoring if they get rid of the nag screen. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I just want them to to, yeah. to to verify that I'm really there. I mean, to say I'm not there when I'm clearly counter steering when it does, gets close to the edge of the road or something. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm right here. <laughs> and they've shown that driver monitoring that they are willing to use it because they've, like uh, Patrick said, they've kicked people off of the beta program already by using it. So. 
Yeah. It's, it's going to come eventually. It has to. I think you're right. It has to, Darren, because if, if they don't and they allow some of these shenanigans to continue, it's, it's just going to end bad for everybody. Like it's, it's human nature that we push these things to the limit and beyond. Uh, and we just can't stop ourselves as a race. We just do it. Like there's just, there's no way that we will allow us uh, not to go over those lines. You put a line in the sand here, like three people jump over the line the next day. Like it's just the way we are. So it, you've got to have those media. things in place. Yeah. To, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the weight sensor has to be employed, not just for airbags, but it has to say if the driver leaves his seat, guess what? Autopilot has to stop. Because yeah. you've got no one monitoring the road if the seat is empty. Yeah, so, if you hit a bump and the weight in the seat doesn't change, then then that person yeah, isn't really exactly. there. Maybe it waits a second and a half the weight comes back. But guess what? If you're waiting after 10 minutes, the driver is gone. <laughs> <laughs> the summer reports would just put a couple bowling balls there then and still say, oh, oh. it's horrible. <laughs> but, but you see, if they just make DMS uh, part of the requirements to turn it on, what, what can you say? I mean, they didn't they didn't make it clear what the requirements were. Uh, is it is it a matter of Elon's trying to keep out from under the thumb of the man, or is he just doesn't he believes people are that good? I mean, he's seen that they're not. He had to kick people out. It doesn't help when you have social media platforms like TikTok and stuff yeah. doing all you know things for clicks. Stunts, if that was taken yeah. out of the mix and those things didn't exist, I don't think it would be quite as bad as it is today. But you got a lot of people that are just they're in it for the clicks, and that's all they care about. I mean, look, you don't have to look very far and look at the media. Yeah, uh, with all the clickbait that's happening, it's just Tesla get, is just like a drama magnet all the time. They are, <laughs> yeah. but then you get all the traditional media, all the auto auto uh, reporters, the the regular ones. They're like, oh, uh, I could keep my hands off the wheel for uh, only thirty seconds before it's telling me to touch again. They never said it was hands free. Uh, this isn't Super Cruise, uh, even Super Cruise isn't completely hands free. Tesla's communication in, in terms of autopilot uses has never been a hundred percent spelled out and cleared in the public media i mean it's always reactionary in their case and usually yeah. it's a small little thing you know elon on twitter but you know i mean yeah. elon is 50 million twitter twitter followers uh you know there's seven billion people on the planet not everybody's aware right. of what's going on with elon right his own company half half the employees don't even know he's tweeted it so if you show up to do whatever uh, he said uh, to do and they're like why are you here it's a discussion for another day <laughs> <laughs> yeah he didn't have to uh tweet to find out uh who all wanted it there's this thing um that people have paid for and given them right money. exactly the that right it. right that part <laughs> not paying it for the cyber truck did they pay eight thousand ten thousand twelve thousand whatever those are the people that want it yeah i should get it uh-huh it'll come yeah. eventually but uh i'm not spending any more money on it thank you and I'm not holding my breath either. Yeah. That was, that was the uh, joke. I don't know if it came out where I was pretending to hold my breath. <laughs> I think I'm much breath waiting on that one. Turn blue as your shirt. Right? <laughs> to turn blue, Elon. Hurry up. Uh... Oh, and then he'd laugh at me like the dead deer in the pool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Boy, this got dark real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to go there, didn't you, Casey? Wow. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, with that, uh, look, we've already burnt an hour, guys. We did. And, uh, <laughs> if, if the time has flown by unbelievably quick, uh, I want to certainly thank everyone for joining us today, and our two special guests, uh, Darren and Trevor, and Omar as well. We want to thank you all for joining us uh, this evening. Let's uh, do some shout-outs, and and then we can go home. So, uh, Darren, where can we find out about you and uh, your publication? Thanks. Uh, yeah, you can find me at driveteslacanada.ca. Uh, you can find links there to Twitter, um, Instagram, all the all the relevant social media. Very good. And uh, Darren, you, you guys have been breaking a number of uh, timely stories. Uh, seems like uh, you. How, how does it work there? Do you have a whole bunch of different writers? Are they staff writers? Are they freelance? How does how do things work there? Yeah. Um, I started off just by myself uh, a couple of years ago, and over time I've grown to now have uh, three writers on on staff. So, uh, yeah, we work well as a team and uh, try and keep our finger on the pulse as best we can. And I notice, uh, unlike some other publications, that you guys are quick uh, over the weekends and overnight. Uh, you guys are always <laughs> looking for a story, which is fantastic, uh, because of course uh, our our Twitter feed uh, is is more than happy to send along some stories that you guys have put out uh, because you're very timely. 
Thank you. Yeah, and I appreciate your, your support in uh, tweeting out our stories. Fantastic, fantastic. Trevor, what do you got going on? Where can people learn about what you're up to and uh, your organization? Well, very active on Twitter. The handle's Tesla Owners Online. Pretty easy to find. Um, the website forum, teslaownersonline.com. It's a forum. It's not a news organization, but it's a forum. Um, we have thousands of members all over the world. Sections for every car that Tesla makes. Um, Model Y is growing right now. Cybertruck is going to explode once that car starts arriving. And uh, it's a very friendly place, free to join. Um, you know, the, in, the inmates are not running the asylum. So <laughs> things are pretty cool. <laughs> we like to keep it that way. It's friendly. Um, and we're growing. And um, yeah, so awesome property. Well, I mean, I have a YouTube Fantastic. channel too, but COVID has kind of killed a lot of my enthusiasm for doing YouTube stuff. But I, I have some more content coming soon, so you can go and subscribe to that. Again, teslaownersonline.com. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, I used uh, Trev's forum to uh, find my uh, spare set of winter rims that I picked up for the Model 3 when I first <laughs> one of the most popular so, uh, topics. You've got a marketplace <laughs> out there with a ton of people. And uh, discussions there, about there. software. Oh my gosh, it's just like explodes. <laughs> if you if you if you search Tesla software, we're like the number one thing that comes up in Google. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves to talk about software. Yes indeed. Yes indeed. Omar, uh, you've joined us uh, from the New Jersey area. Uh, let people know a little bit about what you do uh, with uh, with Tesla in the community. And, and uh, for those that don't know, Omar is a, actually a police officer with the uh, New Jersey Department. Yes, yeah, so I'm a, a police officer in, a, in Atlantic City. And I've been a long-time Tesla owner. I've had my Model S for uh, six and a half years now. And I'm just, you know, very enthused about uh, electric cars, and I've been into them for a long time, long before I, before I even had a, had a Tesla, and you know, just been getting the word out, educating people about them, and um, you can catch me on Sundays with uh, with Casey with our chats. Sunday chats. <laughs> Any chance the police department there is going to go electric? I've been trying to push them in that direction for the last like six years, and it's it's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> but but I th eventually it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to happen. We got to feel some way every time he shows them another course. department that went. <laughs> every time, every Let's week, see. there's a new department that's starting with a Y or a three. It seems <laughs> every single week there's a new department spreading Butts out and in seats, the U.S. Man. Butts and seats. I would love to see us get some model Ys. I would love that. Mm -hmm. but, you know what you should do? You should, uh, you should get a loner and then just take the chief out in one. <laughs> I, I think the Cybertruck would look fabulous yes. in Atlantic City. <laughs> Absolutely. So You're I, stealing my idea funny, for a wrap here. It, it's funny you mention that. So, <laughs> so, so my chief is interested in the Cybertruck. It's just that the availability is not going to be there. Yeah. I just know it's, it's going to be tough getting your hands on one. Yeah. 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 For a while. For a while. But, you know, in a few years, <laughs> we'll be able to do it. Very good. Patrick, uh, I see you've changed your name, so we know your website. But what else can you tell us about what you're doing? Yes, yes, I blog occasionally at, over here, cardswithcords.net. And uh, I, I just put uh, everything you want to know about Powerwalls up right in time for them to announce the uh, Powerwall 2 Plus and yeah, immediately update the entire thing. Uh, no, I did throw a little uh, update blurb on there. But, yeah, things move fast with Tesla, so uh, that's which is why we have – enough uh, content for uh, Darren to have a site and Trev to have a bunch of people to talk about and for us to do a show every week here and yeah it's an exciting world um, I'm also with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association you can find us at oeva.org and uh, all of this stuff my blog that doing this it's all to help bring about a future free from fossil fuels yes. there, you go. there we go <laughs> get off those dino squeezings Yes. <laughs> Almost to the end. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Mr. Green, tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel and where we can find you. Will do. But first, uh, I want to shout out for the history records. We've got uh, Anders, Hockey Day, and Cobra Told You. And uh, I'm sorry I might not pronounce you correctly, uh, Gook Wapenzi, uh, in the chat for episode number 200. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. I just put up a uh, video on how to restore your YouTube access in the Tesla theater. Uh, a couple of oh. people had tried some things. I tried <laughs> some stuff and it didn't work. I tried some stuff before and it worked last time. 
So uh, this is a quick video. There's a, a one minute short and then there's a two minutes explaining what's going on so you can follow step by step. And I was able to restore my access even though Google's like, this is an insecure browser. <laughs> cool. I'm going to go yeah. link to that on the forum. Appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Well, thank you again, everyone, for showing up tonight and uh, making our 200th episode a memorable one. And uh, we'll have to do this again. Uh, we're, we won't wait 200 episodes, though. We'll, we'll do this again uh, <laughs> shortly. But uh, we thank you all for coming, and we thank you for watching. And uh, with that, we will uh, say, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up on the video. Press subscribe if you'd like to see these type of videos uh, again throughout the week. And uh, with that, we'll roll the music, and we want to thank Lee Moon for producing the music we use every week on the show. Thank you, Lee. Thank Thanks, you, Lee everyone. Moon. Have yourselves a great week, and hey, we'll guys. see you next time on The Test of Life. Woo-hoo, 200! Yeah! 200! Yeah!